Hi, everyone. This is David. And this is Charlotte from the Faith to Go podcast. And before we get into this week's episode, we have a special request. If you're a regular listener to Faith to Go, you know the benefit this podcast brings to listeners. The assistance it offers to preachers on Sundays, those preparing Bible studies throughout the week, and the contribution this makes to the spiritual growth of individuals and households. This podcast is made available by the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. Without the support of the diocese, we would not be able to bring you Faith to Go week after week. This Easter season, we invite you to support Faith to Go by supporting the Diocesan Bishop's Appeal. You can give today by visiting edsd.org slash give or text give to 833-256-6475. Thank you for your support and thank you for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the director of formation for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. I'm Elizabeth Fitzsimon, CEO of Episcopal Community Services. We continue the run of ECS uh, representatives it's on the podcast. So, fun. so exciting! We need yeah. to line up another one to get the three, all three in a row. Although we did have three people. That's true. So does that count that we had two and one? I think we probably need another one. I think so. One more. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. So excited to have you on. And thank you all for tuning in again for this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. Uh, This, again, is the episode leading up to the gospel for May 7th, Sunday, May 7th. That's the fifth Sunday in Easter in year A. Elizabeth, would you um, share a little bit? about your work and a little bit about your ministry context at ECS. Yes. Well, you mentioned that my colleagues Angel and Megan were just here to share about a really special event we have coming up. It's called the Moonlight Ball, and it's May 13th. And it's a really big event where we invite all of our community of supporters to come together and really celebrate the impact that ECS is making in the community. And we celebrate the successes that our our clients have made and our staff has made. And it's a really beautiful, inspiring evening of connection and fellowship and just feeling really good about our community. Since the last time I was with you all, ECS has really been growing and we're really proud of the growth that we've had and it's been really to meet the growing need in the community. Since we were last here, ECS has expanded its Para Las Familias program to address a growing need, unfortunately, of children coming out of the pandemic who are having some really tough times Mm -hmm. due to the isolation, due to the loss of learning, due to the loss of their parents' employment or loss of family members to COVID. It's been really difficult for the children in our community. And so we feel honored to be able to step up to meet that need. And uh, Para Las Familias is a bicultural, bilingual, um, uh, behavioral mental health program for children. And it's making a huge difference to a lot of children and families in our community. Another way that we have grown this year is by opening up a new safe haven. It's a homeless transitional housing program. And this new one is in um, the Midway District of San Diego, where there is such a growing need for services. And our safe haven is a really special approach because it's like a home and it's meant to be like a home. And we meet clients where they are and we walk with them on their path to recovery. And we know that that path is not going to be a straight line. It's going to be up and down and this way and that way and we're going to be with them that whole way and so many of our clients who are coming to us they've been homeless but they're also suffering from a mental illness and a substance use disorder and they can be with us for as long as two years and we work with them to get them back into permanent housing 
And another program that we're opening up is for uh, transition age youth. It's going to be a residential treatment facility for young people ages 18 to 25 who are struggling with substance use disorder. And uh, this is really, really important because, as you know, the addiction epidemic is a big problem in our community, especially with fentanyl coming into the community. And so there have been a lot of overdose deaths in San Diego, and these deaths are entirely preventable. And so this is a way for us to really make a difference with this age group and uh, provide much-needed services. Amazing. Amazing. So what's the best way for people to learn more about the work of ECS and support that work? Well, we'd love people to come to the Moonlight Ball because Mm -hmm. that's a wonderful opportunity to get a real flavor of ECS and what we're all about. Also, they can look on our website, Mm -hmm. www.ecscalifornia.org, to learn more about our programs and way to support and ways to volunteer. A really cool thing uh, that, you know, Megan and Angel were talking about a couple weeks ago is our Emerging Leaders Program, and that is for as Megan likes to say, emerging or emerging adjacent leaders in our community who want to get involved. So if you count yourself as adjacent, you're, you're also welcome to get involved in this really great program. It's all about bringing new community into the ECS fold and also creating that leadership pipeline. So much of what you were saying, I was hearing in it that invitation to walk together. And so like the emerging leader or emerging adjacent leaders, but then also in that work that all of you are doing, instead of it being the expectation of how people fit into a a very rigid path or a mold, instead it's just that opportunity to walk together. And sometimes that's going to be in a straight line. And sometimes we're going to take detours. But regardless of what we're doing, we are walking together. And that's just a really beautiful way to be. I think that outlook really informs how we approach all of our programs. You know, even our preschool and our Head Start programs, our teachers really meet those kids where they are. Every child, every person is different and is going to need something different. Mm -hmm. And the, the special thing about ECS is really leading with that kind of love and compassion and acceptance and meeting people where they are and walking with them. That's great. Beautiful. So everybody go check out the website and get a ticket for the Moonlight Ball. Yes. We'll have links in the description for the episode so people can check those out. And we also always love to hear from our guests about a place where they saw or felt God's movement or presence in their lives in the last week or so. So would you share about a God sighting you've had recently? Yes, I'd love to. So last week I um, had the honor of being invited to lead San Diego to moderate a panel that really focused on homelessness and factors contributing to homelessness. And this was for one of their programs in which they bring together, I think they had about 55 leaders from various sectors across San Diego. And so we talked about homelessness and I started the session with a stand exercise basically to show by the end of the exercise, everybody was standing, that everybody had a connection to homelessness in some way, that it had touched their lives in some way. And that was really powerful. And in the end, after talking with these experts on the panel, I then asked the class, please stand if you're already connected to an organization that is working in this space. And several of them stood. And then I asked, well, now stand if you feel like you have ideas and an intention of how to get involved. And the whole class stood up. And it was such an amazing experience to see all of these leaders from business and nonprofit and government worlds coming together and all standing up and all feeling like they wanted to get involved in addressing this crisis in our community. And it just was very powerful to see 55 people standing up in a room wanting to do something about what they were hearing. Yeah. Beautiful. 
Thank you so much for sharing those things about your ministry and about uh, your God sighting. And we would always love to hear from you all listening if you've got a uh, God sighting to share or something about your ministry context or any of your questions or comments or stories from Week of Faith discussion and reflection. We'd love to hear from you. You can find all those ways of getting in contact with us listed in the description for this episode. And now we are going to transition to our gospel discussion. Uh, Charlotte is going to read the gospel again for this upcoming Sunday, May 7th, Easter 5 in year A. I'll have a little bit of context, and then we'll each share a point. The gospel for this Sunday is John 14, 1 through 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also." And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and, in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Thank you, Charlotte. Here we are in John's Gospel again. We were in John last week, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I can't remember any of the weeks or when things happened in my life. Because you're a parent of young children. That's right. <laughs> uh, my brain is mush. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> so we are still in John's gospel, but we are, yes, in the Easter season, but we're moving back before the crucifixion and resurrection now. So we're going back to chapter 14. And just to set the scene, Jesus is in Jerusalem with his disciples. They have had their triumphal entry. That was in chapter 12. And then Jesus washes their feet and Judas leaves to betray him in chapter 13. And so everything from the end of chapter 13 through the next few chapters is called the farewell discourse, where Jesus is essentially having this very long monologue towards the disciples about these kind of final teachings, getting them ready for what life is going to be like without him. They probably don't really understand what is about to happen, but he's trying to prep them for everything that is about to go down and for life without him kind of as their as their guide in physical form right so that's where we are the just kind of really the beginning of the farewell discourse and jesus makes a lot of i am statements here and he just you know talks about a lot of mystical things he uses a lot of prepositions there's a lot of in and out and under and over and within and things like that we are just talking about this one chapter 14 1 through 14 and that's where we are. And Elizabeth, you have the first point. Thank you very much. What I took from this passage was just overall reassurance. 
Jesus is, is taking the time to sort of explain things over and over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which... Reinforcing. Yes. <laughs> you know, I think that I have compassion for those disciples because, I mean, it, it's a lot what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot to grasp, too. And when you're in those stressful situations and or you're grieving or you're anxious, you do need things explained to you a few times, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes, because you need to you know, fully grasp what, what is at hand. And so I think that is what's happening. I think Jesus's message here is you're okay. You're going to be okay. You, you know me. That means you know God and you know what to do. And so I think this is kind of a, a pep talk for the disciples as, as he is, you know, getting ready for the next chapter. So there's a lot of reassurance there and a lot of his faith in them that they're going to be okay. My point is, is similar. And just thinking about, like, yes, Jesus is saying it's going to be okay, and he's saying, and, and there's work for you to do still. Like, just because whatever is going to happen in the next few days, even the the resurrection isn't going to make it so you don't have things to do still. Like, that's not going to just change everything to be perfect. Yeah, I love this idea that he's just kind of getting them ready for for the work that they are going to still need to do after his work is done. And that, that his work has been to prepare them to do the work that, that, like, that needs to be done to build this kingdom of heaven that he's been talking about. I think we all have these moments but there's always this like decisive moment where we have to choose to to initiate something that we may not be fully prepared for and there really ever is never a moment when we're fully ready to do anything because no matter what we don't know what is going to be true in the future Uh, we don't know what kind of things are going to arise but we can trust in ourselves that whatever arises we will be able to respond to appropriately and with great ability. We have all the capacities within us to do the things that we feel deeply called to do. And I think that's Jesus's like basic message to them. They're showing this feeling that we all have, which is like, I need someone to show me the next thing. I need like an authority figure, some sort of expert who knows everything to tell me the next thing I need to do, even when I know the next thing I need to do. And so I have this experience a lot when I like, I genuinely can have discerned and feel and know intuitively in my gut, what is my next thing, my next action, my next endeavor. And I so get in my head, just like telling myself over and over, um, I don't actually, but I don't actually have enough yet to do that. I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough yet. I don't have the skills yet, even though I know what I feel called to do. Jesus is getting them ready, I think, for that moment, you know, where like they are going to encounter situations that they can't, he could not possibly get them ready for, for in any kind of like specific way. But he's saying to them, even me, even Jesus, the words that I speak aren't even mine. They're being spoken through me, Mm. you know, and the works that I've been doing, those are God's works that are working through me. And you're going to do those kinds of works too. And you're going to do them when you become present, when you're here. When you are with yourself and with this moment, God is going to work through you. And so you don't have to worry because whatever you're going to be faced with, you will respond when you're doing it, as he says, in my name, which to me means like when you're channeling all these things that I've shown you, I am because I am the way and the truth and the life and I am death and resurrection. 
where you are going is like towards this kingdom of heaven where I will meet you when you, when we get there, all the things that I have done, all these works that I have done are to prepare you to do even greater things. And you're going to do those greater things when you're like deeply connected with yourself, when you're doing things for the sake of truth and justice and all these things that I've embodied in my life, all these things that my name represents when you're doing it for the sake of salvation for people, for saving, then these things will be done and they'll be done through you. Well, and I love it because it flows beautifully into my point. What? <laughs> I know. It's like we practiced, which we did not. Um, but mine is this invitation to the present. That's what I felt and I read in all of this. And if I'm honest, sometimes being invited to be into the present is a sticky feeling for me because the present is quite often a complicated mess. And there is joy in the present and hardship in the present and all of these things. And yet... When you were talking, David, the thing that came into my mind is that sometimes we get caught up in our minds and that that transition to our bodies, embodying things, moving our bodies, stepping outside of our headspace is how we actually do move to action. And it's not just the physical act of walking that I'm talking about here, but being brave enough to take the next step is often by getting out of our heads and getting back into our bodies and trusting our guts and listening to our hearts and, and all of those things. And I hear that in this scripture, um, in the reassurance from Jesus and in the present tense that he uses in all of this, all those I am statements that David was talking about. But then at the end, we have him say down in verse 12, very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the father. So now we have this looking forward, right? And what I was thinking about in that is that invitation to partner with God in the world that we want to have because the world is complicated and it's hard. As David was saying in his point, like, because we have everything we need in order to do it, but we either get caught up in our head or that we forget that we could actually do it and we get stuck. Mm -hmm. But there's always this invitation and there's always going to be the mess. And we are always going to have the choice to do something about it. And I think Jesus would say that, like, everything, that, everything that's going to happen next is going to be 50% terrible. <laughs> yeah. like it's, or, and that's a conservative estimate. <laughs> and that's a conservative estimate. You know, and, like, if the place that they are going requires them to take the path that Jesus takes, that there will be suffering then. And there will be death then. And there will be resurrection and new life. But you can't have the new life without the suffering you know, or the resurrection without the death. And that's the 50% terrible part. But to build something more to get to where Jesus is going, you know, it requires us to do exactly that. We can't get to the bones and to, the, to rebuilding the house until we tear it down. And that is a really painful experience. Whether it's individually or communally or institutionally, organizationally, like strip something to the bones is, is hard. It feels like dying, but it's the only way to make something new. And to make it together mm -hmm. with each other and with God. Mm -hmm. Those are our three <laughs> points for this week. Point number one was Elizabeth's about this important reassurance that Jesus is giving the disciples, you know, in the face of this challenging time that they're about to enter into. How important it is to have that kind of, of reassurance that we are not alone in whatever we're doing. And mine was like unto it, just thinking about Jesus and, and giving them feeling that they, they have everything that they need, you know, for the, for the work that they're going to do in the future. Charlotte's was number three, 
about the present and its complications, you know, and uh, the complicated nature of the work that we're called to do. 50% terrible, 50% beautiful, and the unavoidable complication that that presents. So, having heard those three points, we'd love to hear what your point would have been if you'd been on the podcast this week. We'd also love to hear any of your questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection, or any of your God sightings, anything about your ministry context. We'd love to hear from you, and, and you can get in contact with us in all those ways listed in the description for the episode. Thank you again to Elizabeth Fitzsimons for being here. Thank you for having me. We hope you're back again pretty soon. I would love to. Thank you. We will be back next week to talk about the gospel for Sunday, May 14th, Easter 6 in year A. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. In other news, I follow Sesame Street on Instagram. (laughs) 10 out of 10 recommend because today Cookie Monster Mm -hmm. said that cookies are better when shared with friends. Yeah, That's just propaganda for Sesame Street. Totally is. I mean, sharing is... I don't share my dessert, do you? (laughs) Actually, I am a good sharer. Really? I know. Oh, I never... I always... Tim is not. I don't (laughs) share my dessert ever. Mm